with us this morning as we're in our series, How You Doing? Look at your neighbor and say, how you doing? That's always a good question to ask. I was uh, telling tomorrow, sometime during this week, I don't remember which day it was, but I was telling, I was like, it's certain things or certain topics that you can talk about multiple times a year, every year, that are vital that I believe to the body of Christ. And I believe that this series is one of them because you always need to talk about a healthy spirit. You always need to talk about a healthy mind. And today and next week what we're talking about, you need to talk about these multiple times a year too because all these four areas that we're talking about and how you're doing, they affect us so much. But I feel like sometimes we can neglect these areas or we could just bypass them like it's not that big of a deal. But they're the root cause of all the issues that we have. And today, it's a big one. Y'all ready for it? We're talking about healthy relationships today. And I'm not talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about friendships. Because sometimes I, I, I don't think people realize that. I don't think you realize that you're allowed to choose who your friends are. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, you have the liberty to decide who your friends are. But sometimes I look at people and the friends they pick, and I'm like, you do realize you have the option to, to decide your friends, right? Like, you have the opportunity to say yes or no of who you allow in your life. Because sometimes I don't think people put enough value on themselves about who they allow into their lives. And I'm talking about in this area, in friendship. And today we're going to talk about healthy relationships. And there's so many different ways that you could talk about this and process this, but I'm going to just narrow it down to three things because, you, or, or one thing, but three, you'll see what I'm saying. But each week, as I mentioned, we have always have one thing that we're going to focus on. Uh, the first week we talk about a healthy spirit, and the way to have a healthy spirit is prayer. Last week we talked about a healthy mind, and the way you have a healthy mind is to focus. Focus on the correct things, and this week, in order to have healthy relationships, the one word that I'm going to give you today is this word, intentional. In order to have healthy relationships, you have to be intentional. Nothing healthy comes by not being intentional. You don't just normally wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to, be, I'm going to eat healthy today and then go straight to McDonald's. That's, that's not being intentional. That's just, I'm hungry and I just want something bad. It's like, you have to be, when you're trying to eat healthy, you have to be intentional. If there's anything I know, I know it's that. If I want to eat healthy, I have to be intentional because there are so many places that I can stop real quick and say, you know, I'm just hungry. I just need a little something, so I'm just going to stop here real quick. But just because it's quick doesn't mean that it's healthy or doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for me. But if I want to eat healthy, yes, it may cost a little bit more, but guess what? I have to be intentional. And that's the same thing with our relationships. Just like your health, you want to be intentional about having good health, you have to be intentional about having healthy relationships. Let's open up in a word of prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your presence. Lord, we thank you for the worship that went forth this morning, that we were able to sing our praises unto you, and you were begin to speak words to us as well. Lord God, speak to our hearts, and I thank you today over the next few moments that everyone under the sound of my voice, that you would speak clearly to their hearts concerning healthy relationships. Show us something new today, Holy Spirit, that we can implement in our lives to have healthy relationships. Let the word fall on good ground today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Healthy relationships. As always, the notes are online on our app. You can download the app. You can follow along. You can take notes. All the notes are there. Uh, just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, and just search New Life Church of Mobile. You'll see it there. You can follow along with the notes. We have that available for you. But I want to read this verse in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13 in verse 20. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. I mean, that's very simple. Walk with the wise and become what? Wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And when I look over the course of my life, mostly pre-salvation, I will say I associated with some fools. And I was one of the fools <laughs> because I got into some trouble. And there were some things, I look at some situations that I got myself into, 
in some situations that, praise the Lord, that there was no uh, police officer around to, to, to find the foolishness that we got ourselves into. But if you associate with fools, you get in trouble. And there was a time in my life where I just was in a place where I was like, man, why do I always find myself in trouble? Or why do I always find myself in turmoil? Or why do I find myself in a place where I'm not satisfied with where I am in life? And then I began to look around and I began to examine my, my friendships or my relationships. And I said, you know what? There's nothing about these relationships that are encouraging me or challenging me to get better. All they're doing is dragging me down to foolishness. And I'm participating. I'm a willing participant in the foolishness. I have no objection to the foolishness. Matter of fact, I'm going to help you get into some foolishness. I was a ringleader at some cases of the foolishness. But associate yourselves with fools and you find yourself in trouble. But it says, but walk with the wise and you become wise. I know they say, if you know better, you do better. That's not always the case. Sometimes people know better, but they still don't do better. But that's why when you hear messages like this, it's like, it's not just, oh, pastor, that was a good, no, no I don't want to preach another good message. I just want to preach something that's going to help you in life. Because I don't know if you realize this, the way society is now and the way that it's going, these things that we're talking about, a healthy spirit, a healthy mind, healthy relationships, you're going to need these for where the times are going and where we are right now. And when the enemy starts to attack the church and attack believers even more, you're going to have to say, I need some healthy relationships that I can depend on and that I can go to to find strength when the enemy is throwing all types of things at me because they don't, the world doesn't believe what I believe. And we know as Christians, we don't expect the world to believe everything that we believe, but we do say, you know what, even despite of that, I'm going to love everybody with the love of God, but I know that everybody can't be my friend. And sometimes we can figure out who our friends are in times of conflict. And this message, I hope that it, it helps you understand, man, do I have healthy relationships? And if I don't, how do I get healthy relationships? You know, your friends are a statement of who you're choosing to become. I could look at your friends and I could say, these are the people that you aspire to become. All I have to do is look at your friends. By looking at your friends, it tells me all I need to know about who you want to be. You say, well, that's not true, Pastor. Well, it is true. Because, the, you know, the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. Like-minded people naturally attract each other. Like-minded spirits also attract each other as well. So if you say, man, there's something unhealthy about You say, well, what is hiding me is attracting these types of friends in my life. And we have to address those things. Because you know what? Healthy relationships are what? intentional. We have to be intentional about having healthy relationships. It's not accidental whatsoever. And normally, friendships usually happen by close proximity. Normally, that's how it starts. You start off like when you grow up, people in your neighborhood. Those usually become your, your first friends or, or the people in your neighborhood and the people you go to school with. Because close proximity those are, it's just the easiest. I'm with them all the time. They're around me all the time. It's easier to make relationships, which is cool. But at some point, we have to realize, you know what? Are these relationships healthy, and do they need to be in my circle? And we have to ask ourselves this question. And I love in the Bible uh, the story of David and Jonathan about their friendship. And it was a, it's, a, it's a great story about their friendship, but we're going to read in 1 Samuel chapter 18. I want to read this few verses for you real quick. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, uh, verse 1, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan had a, had a solemn pact with David because he loved him and he, as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed that pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. And I love that it says that there was an immediate bond between Jonathan and David and that they loved each other as they loved themselves, meaning that they realized in the moment, this is a relationship that's going to be a lifelong friendship. This is a bond that says, you know what? You got my back and I got your back. 
And this was the development of a healthy relationship. And not all relationships start off with that immediate bond. Sometimes things take time to build. But I love the fact that they immediately realized that, hey, there's something here that we need to explore. But they were intentional about exploring their relationship and everything that they did. And that's what the focus is today. You have to be intentional. And there's three areas that we have to be intentional if we want to have healthy relationships. So you can write these down. The first thing we have to do is have intentional openness. Intentional openness. I have to be open to having new relationships. What if David met Jonathan and vice versa? Jonathan met David and they said, you know what? I have enough friends. I don't really feel like you, I have room for you in my life right now. You know, I'm good with me and my few. I'm, you know, we've been buddies. For, since. I don't have room for you, David. Nice to meet you, but I don't. No, he would have missed out on a lifelong friend, and he would have missed out on an opportunity that eventually that saved his life. Because, you know, reading on later in the story, Jonathan eventually told him that, hey, my dad is trying to kill you. You need to go ahead and go. And he saved his life because of that friendship. And he was intentional on in that. But we have to be open to new relationships. And biologically speaking, all of us have a certain capacity of how many relationships that we can maintain. For some people, like realistically, they can only maintain about 10 relationships. Like that's my capacity, I can't, more, I'm good. Some people it could be 20, some it could be 50, some people it could be 100, some 200. I don't know, all of us have a different capacity of how many people that we can have relationships with. But the thing is, if all of our relationships are filled with unhealthy relationships, there's no room for healthy relationships. So when you meet people that are, should be good friends or that can be um, a potential healthy relationship, you feel like, well, I just don't have time for them. Well, why don't you have time for them? Because your relationship capacity is filled with all unhealthy relationships. But we have to be open to say, man, I'm open to new relationships. I'm open to meet new people. A closed circle of friends rarely leads to healthy relationships. Have you ever been in a room before? You walk in the room and maybe you don't really know everybody in the room, but everybody in the room knows each other and everybody's clicked up together. And you walk in and you see this group over here is talking. And then over here, this group is talking, and then this group is talking. And then you try to walk over, and you try to mosey in the conversation to see what's going on, and, and they're talking, and they acknowledge you, and, but they're still talking to each other. Even though you're in the midst, you feel like, man, I feel like the third wheel. So you know what? I'm going to just go, go walk over to this group. And then you go walk over there, and then you try to jump in the conversation, and you try to maybe bring something to the conversation. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they start back talking to their friends again. And then you're like, man, what's the point of even trying? What is that? That's walking into a closed environment, but that's how we do people all the time. We have our closed environments where we say, this is my group. You're not welcome. You may not say that with your words, but your actions show, show just that, that you know what? I'm closed off to new relationships. When, God forbid when new people come into church, we're, we're so busy in our circles and our huddles that we don't welcome other new people in to what we're doing. It was like, no, no, you're welcome. Come join us. Come be a part of what's going on. Because you know what? That could be the difference for someone staying and then we're saying, you know what? This may not be the place for me. This, you know what? I just, I want to connect, but they just won't let me in. That's a horrible feeling going somewhere where you just feel like, I can't connect. Every time I try to reach out and get into a circle or something, they push me out or they close me out. We can't be closed-minded when it comes to meeting new relationships. We have to be open. And that's what I love about church. I remember when I first got saved, I was very, I was what, 21 when I got saved? Yeah, I was 21 when I got saved. And we, at the time, our youth group spanned from like, I don't know, middle school to college, college age. We were really in the 30s. Like, it was a huge gap, like the youth group. It was a huge gap. And, uh, and so at the time, the natural thing people would say was, well, you need to be in the youth ministry because of your age. Well, when I got saved, I said, I don't want to be in the youth ministry. I need to be in the men's ministry because I needed to be around some strong 
men. But I was intentional about being open with those men about where I was in my life. And I said, I need to be around some men. And so my first several years of being of salvation, I was in the men's ministry. I was the youngest one. No one looked like me. We weren't in the same age. But guess what? I was open to new relationships, even though everybody would say, oh, why don't you come to the youth group? It's so vibrant. It's so happening. I was like, yeah, it is. But that's not where I need to be right now. I need to be with the men. But I was open, even though it made it seem like on the outside, well, you in the wrong group, buddy. Like, you in the wrong age group. Like, the, like all these men are, are, are married with children, some ch- empty nesters, all different walks of life. And here I am, a college student, in the midst of all that. But guess what? It was the best place for me. But I was open and I was intentional about having healthy relationships. And when you're intentional about having healthy relationships, you say, I'll go wherever it is I need to be to be in an environment where there's healthy relationships where I can grow. And I said, you know, I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity. I'm going to be in the men's ministry. You can laugh at me all you want to. But guess what? What they're teaching me is what I need. I want healthy relationships. I know I don't have the, the capacity inside myself at this point. I'm still trying to figure this Christianity thing out. I need to be around some healthy men. And that's exactly what I did. So we have to be intentional about being open. And when I was with those men, I was intentional about what I'm walking through. Hey, these are the struggles that I have. This is where I met in life. This is where I want to go. I, honestly, I don't know what God wants me to do. I'm just, trying to get, I'm just trying to learn the Bible. I'm just trying to figure out how to pray. And they walked me, walked with me. They taught, taught me. They discipled me. They mentored me. They fathered me. They did all those things because I was intentional about being open. So the first thing when it comes to healthy relationships is this. We have to be intentional not only about being open to meet new people, but when we find healthy relationships, being open in those relationships. Not just saying, oh, I have some friends that are cool, but no, are you open and transparent with them? Because that's when the health and the growth, it comes. So the first thing is, I have to be intentional, I have to have intentional openness, say intentional openness. (laughs) Second thing, we have to have intentional selection. I kind of mentioned this a little bit. We have to have intentional selection. When I think about intentional selection, I think about Abraham and Lot. It was intentional selection, and I'm going to get to them in a second. But some people aren't meant to be in our circles. They have to go. All your relationships shouldn't be with people that are cases that you're trying to help because eventually you'll end up just like them. You know, some people, all their relationships are just cases of people that they're trying to help. Oh, I'm just trying to reach out to brother such and such and sister such and I'm trying to help them. And it's all cases. It's all cases that you're trying to help. But eventually, if all your relationships are cases, you'll eventually be just like them because it'll drive you crazy. But you need some healthy relationships, and you have to have intentional selection with this. Abraham and Lot were together. But God stepped in and said, you know what? I need to separate you two. Abraham was on a journey of a lifetime. And guess who was along with the, for the ride? Lot. God told Abraham, Abraham, go off into a land that I will show you. Like the, the, the sand and the, the stars in the sky, you can't even count the descendants that you will have. I will show you the land. God is promising Abraham all these things. Abraham goes out on a journey. But at some point in the journey, God, Abraham realizes that he stopped hearing from God. He's like, well, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And so God stepped in and began to speak to Abraham and said, you know what? You need to separate from Lot because Lot is holding you back. Lot is the reason that you can't hear from me and that you can't receive what I have from you. You need to separate from Lot. And it, in Genesis chapter 13, verse 8 through 9, it says this. Finally, Abraham said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us for our, uh, between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives, which they were. The whole countryside is open to you. You take your choice of, of any selection of land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land on the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the land on the left. And we know if you read on in the story... Lot decides to take the best land for himself because that truly shows who what type of person he was on the inside. 
He was only looking out for himself. He was just alone for the adventure. He was alone for the, for the ride, and he didn't really have anything to do. He was a drag to Abraham. But immediately, as they separated, God began to speak to Abraham again. And he heard clearly the next directions and the steps that God would have him to take on. But sometimes you have to, to, to look at your relationships and say, have I selected the right friends in my circle? How is my circle? And, if, and, if there, and when I take inventory of my circle, I have to say, you know what? There may be some pre- people that I have to separate from. I have to cut off. And I've had to go through this process several times throughout my Christian walk and say, you know what? Maybe we were friends right here, but guess what? Now it's time to separate. And when it comes to, you say, well, well, how do I be selective or how do I decide what friends are? I've, there's three categories in this. I feel like there's three categories of friends. There's friends for a moment. Friends for a moment. What is this? This could be you sitting in the lobby at a doctor's office, and there's a lady or a man next to you, and y'all just strike up a conversation. And y'all just talking. Y'all just having a good old time. And y'all just, and that's a friend for a moment. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to be friends for the rest of our lives and we have to exchange numbers and say, let's go get coffee. It's so funny, we were in the doctor's office. This is a couple months ago, and this one lady in there, she just had the talking bug where she wanted to talk to every single person in the waiting area. And obviously, she was lonely and she had some stuff going on. And this one lady sat next to her. And she said, oh, I love your purse. Oh, I love your purse, too. And they start talking. And the next thing you know, they're exchanging numbers, and let's have lunch together, and we should hang out. And I'm like, all this happened in the, in the, in the waiting area of a doctor's office. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes friends are just for a moment. It's like, you know what? I could look at this moment and say, is this an opportunity for me to share the gospel? When I'm sitting in the doctor's office and you just strike up a conversation or we're in the line at the grocery store and that person behind you say, can you believe they didn't open up any more registers? They, all these people in line, they can open up some more registers. You know what? This might be an opportunity for me to share the gospel. But we don't look at it like that. We just look at it like, well, we just talk and you just, well, I just let them talk because they seem like they're nice or whatever. But friends for a moment. It's, or like you start a job together with someone, like you go through orientation and they're in there with you and there's always that familiar connection where you see the, hey, how you doing? Because you started together. It's just friends for a moment. But I always realize, look at friends for a moment is this, it's always an opportunity to be evangelistic. It's always an opportunity for me to share my faith. It's friends for a moment. That doesn't necessarily mean they're friends for life. It's just in that moment, this could be an opportunity for me to share the gospel. But when I'm being selective, I mean, this is a friend for a moment. Then they're friends for a season. What does that mean? That means that we're here for a purpose, and when that purpose is over, we move on. It's like we're here together for a purpose. When that purpose is over, we move on. I'll think about school. When we always, in college, we used to always have group projects, and they would always ask you, select three, four people in the class, y'all to work on the group project. And it's always the one person that does all the work and everybody else just wants to put their name on it. That's usually how it works. And in the group project, you come together for a purpose. And I remember several group projects I had. I was a marketing major, uh, a business major, so we had always had projects and group projects. And so we would always come together and it would seem like in that moment, we would get real, real close. Like all of us, we feel like, oh, we've known each other our whole lives just because we worked on these projects together. But guess what? As soon as the project was over, it was never the same. The friendships, the relationships, they were never the same. I even think about all the baseball teams I played on. You spend all those hours training, practicing, working with these guys. Like they've become like your blood brothers, you feel like, because you're working together for a common purpose. But guess what? When that purpose is over, Yes, you're still close, but it's never the same. It's never the same. Like still to the guys that there's some teammates, I'm just, I just don't even remember. But in a moment, I felt like I'll be, we're going to be friends for life. Because we, why? Because we're working together for a common purpose, common purpose. But when that purpose was over, it was never the same. And sometimes we have to look at situations and say, why didn't we come together as friends in the first place? 
was it a purpose that we came together for? And once this purpose is over, sometimes, you know what, it's time to separate. But we'll get in the mix. Well, we did all this together, so I just want to be loyal to them. And sometimes we get stuck with people in relationships because we want to be loyal. But guess what? This was just a friend for a season. Just a season. But don't get stuck to friends for a season that you think should be for a lifetime. That's the last one, friends for life. Now, there are some friends that are friends for life. And if you have a friend for life, those are the ones that you hold on to. Because God does put people in our lives that we should be friends for life. The, and what are the qualities for this? These are, people that, these are the people that you're looking to build for. Uh, when I look or think about a friend for life, I think about this. Is our relationship reciprocal? Meaning that what I'm putting out, is that per person putting out as well? Is it being reciprocated? So if I'm saying I'm making the effort to hang out, I'm making the effort to connect, are they doing the same thing? And if there's constant dialogue back and forth that's being reciprocated, I say, you know what, we might have something here. But if I'm the one that's always reaching out and they never have time for me, you know what, this may not be a friend for life. This may be a seasonal friend. But we have to ask, is, am I being reciprocated? Because if you have to ask yourself, if every time you talk on the phone, it's just their time to vent. They just want to vent. Every single time you talk, they want to vent. Every single time they talk, they want to tell you about all their problems. And you can never get a word in. And you just hold on the phone. Yep, mm-hmm, yep, child, mm-hmm. That's right, mm-hmm. Yeah, God is good, mm-hmm. And you just hold on the phone, and you can never get a word in. I wouldn't say that's a reciprocal relationship. That's a relationship that's draining you. And if it's draining you, you might want to reevaluate that friendship. Don't be loyal to friendships that are draining you. So many people waste so much time on relationships that is a drain to them. It's draining the life out of you, but you're holding on because we've been friends since kindergarten. But it's draining the life out of you. Is it reciprocal? Is this relationship reciprocal? Another way to know, be selective for a friend of life. Is this relationship strengthening? When I'm with this person, do I leave feeling encouraged and feeling better about myself? If you have friends that when you leave their presence, you feel strengthened and encouraged, that's a friend you want to keep on to. That's a friend for life. Those are the qualities I'm looking for. There was this one, I was telling tomorrow this last night. When I was, when I, going back to when I got saved and really got connected to the church, I was like, I need some new friends. I, I was like, because I know my old friends, they're not pursuing the Lord in the way that I am. They're going to pull me down. I know that. I need some new friends. And I started looking around the church, and guys were like, who do I need to be friends with? And I remember that there was one guy named Joe Brown. He's preached here before. And I remember I met Joe Brown, and I said, I don't know him, but this looks like a dude that I need to be friends with. And I remember I started pursuing him. And I saw him on, uh, at Southern one day. He was walking. And I just pulled up. I said, hey, man, you want to ride? He didn't really know me. And I didn't know if he was going to say yes or no. And he said, sure. And he got in the car, and we talked until we got to his car. We talked for maybe about 10, 15 minutes. And then from that point forward, every time I would see it, I would make it a point to say, you know what? I'm going to talk to him because every time I talk to him in these short exchanges, I feel strengthened and encouraged by his faith. And over time, we became best of friends. And that, that is a lifelong friend that I have because every time I talk to him, I feel strengthened and encouraged. And I say, this is a friend for life. But you have to ask yourself, what, what, do I feel strengthened when I talk to this person, or are they sucking the life out of me? When I finish talking to them, do I need to go talk to somebody else to get my faith bill back up? It's like, you know, I just spent so much time with them, I need to talk to somebody else and get some encouragement myself, because they didn't took all the encouragement out of me. Now I'm contemplating, it. <laughs> is this life? God, are you real? This is, what is going on? They didn't suck the life out of me. But y'all know the friends I'm talking about that's like that. They just, who? Man, I can't wait to get, who? I just need, somebody try to come talk. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Just, just give me, I just need a few minutes by myself. Just let me collect my thoughts because, who? I just, just give me a minute. But does this person, do they strengthen you? Do you feel encouraged? That's a friend for life. Also, another uh, characteristic of a friend for life is, is the relationship or that person, is it enriching? Is this person 
enjoying having conversations or you having conversations with a person that causes your life to get better? Do they cause you to want to grow? Do they say, you know what? I was reading this article. I was listening to this podcast. I was reading this book. I was reading this. I heard this. I think you should check this out because I think it would really help you. I had someone text me uh, Thursday morning. It was Thursday morning. They, it was early in the morning, about 6 o'clock in the morning. They said, I just listened to this. You were on my mind. I wanted to send this to you because I think it will be an encouragement to you. And you know what? I listened to it, and it was an encouragement to me. And it enriched me, and it challenged me to grow what I, what the, uh, the, the message that, that he sent me. And I said, you know what? I'm so thankful for this relationship because if I look through over the course of my relationship with him, he's always done these things. He has always been reciprocal. He's always strengthened me, and he's always encouraged me. Do we talk all the time? No, but whenever we do, I'll feel all these things. And I know this is a person I need to have in my corner for life. And I remember it was a situation that was going on, and I didn't mention it to him, and he found out about it. He's like, I can't believe he didn't tell me. And I was like, man, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I just didn't think, I just didn't, I didn't think to. But now since we've had a conversation, he's like, you know what? He's always sending me stuff. Or I'm texting him back. Because why? It's an, it's an enriching relationship. He's always challenging me to grow. Every aspect of his life is like, everyone I think of, is, he challenges me to grow. Does this person challenge you to grow or do you feel like I'm dumber when I left him? I feel like I just washed the paint wall, the paint dry on the wall. Like this is, I got nothing out of this encounter. Like, like I don't feel anything. But do they challenge you to grow? You know, sometimes you can check people if they enrich you this way. When you do grow, they get jealous. If every time you mention something about growth in your life and they get jealous, oh, you think you better than everybody. Oh, you you think you more no more. Oh, watch out. Why are you upset that I'm growing? Because what it is is they're not growing, and they don't want you to grow. They want you to stay where you are or even go back because it's a, you are a reminder to them of what they should be doing, and it frustrates them, so now they're jealous. You want to watch out for friendships like that because they'll drain you. They'll bring you down when they're jealous of your growth or they're always talking negatively about what you're talking about that's causing you to grow. It could be the church. You always talk about that church. Well, I heard this. Well, keep hearing it. I know what I'm getting out of it, and it's good for me. I'm growing. And obviously, you're not. <laughs> so who, who's right here? But anytime that you're growing and people don't like it, they always let you know. Be careful that is this relationship enriching? Also, the last thing for a friendship for life, is it challenging? Do they challenge you? Do you challenge each other? Do you make each other better? Is it, is it when they say, you know what, I've been thinking about, about stepping out and starting this business. You should do it. You've been talking about it. You got the plan. You should step out and do it. You think I should? Yeah, go ahead and do it. Challenge each other. Is this relationship challenging you or are you just staying the same? There's no challenge. There's no growth. There's nothing like that. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You need people in your life. These are the type of friends you need. You need friends like this in your life that says, you talking crazy. Like, what you're saying right now, I understand how you feel, but you sound crazy. The way you're thinking right now is off. You, you're a little off right now. I, I know this could be hard to hear, but you're off right now. You, you sound crazy. And I, I just want to help you. Let's, let's figure out what's going on to get you back on track. You don't want friends that when you talk to crazy, like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Because what they're doing is waiting for your destruction. Because they're waiting for you to get back to the place where they feel like, I don't want them to get ahead of me. So I'm going to give them, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it. Because all they do, they don't want you to get ahead of them. And they know that you're going for a road of destruction, but they're going to let you go ahead and do it because they don't want you to get ahead of them. You need friends that's going to tell you the truth. No, no, I, I understand that you feel strongly about this. I don't think that's the wisdom of the Lord. I really don't. Like, I, I, just, I think you just need to step back and don't move and just, act, just pray again. Seek the Lord again about what you, because right, I, I just, I'm just being, it doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like the Lord. You need friends like that. 
Those are the type of friends that when you're being selective, these are the type of friends. It's intentional. You want to have healthy relationships? You have to be intentional about these things that I'm talking about. Because it's easy for me to get up here and say this. It's another thing to actually go out and do it. So these are the things I'm saying. You have to put these things into practice and be intentional if you want to have healthy relationships. That's why these messages are so important. Because these are things that myself, I need to hear this all the time to make sure I'm constantly uh, uh, evaluating my relationships and reevaluating my relationships. And am I making room for healthy relationships? Are my relationships causing me to grow? Are they challenging me? Or are they just stagnant? And you say, you know what? What's even the purpose of this relationship? I could be holding up a spot for somebody else to come in. So we have to be intentional about selection. The third and final thing, we have to be intentional about investment. We have to be intentional about investment. Great marriages happen because both people involved are intentional in, about investment in the relationship. Other, in other words, they prioritize the relationship. I know that this is of high value, so I'm going to put, the, both parties say, I'm going to put in the same amount of investment as the other because this is a priority to us. This is a treasured investment, so I'm going to prioritize my investment. How do successful people build their wealth? Because they prioritize their wealth. All right, I have this amount of money, so how can I make more money? And they prioritize that, and they study their investments, and they study the market, and they say, I think this is a sound investment. And they produce more wealth, because, but they're intentional about that. And if you want to have healthy uh, relationships, you have to be uh, intentional about the investment that you put into the relationships. You know, sometimes some relationships may start off, like say if someone that you admire from afar, you, at the beginning, you may have to put more investment into the relationship than they do because you, they have something that you want. So you may have to be the pursuer at the beginning. You say, well, I reached out to them, but they just didn't seem like they had the time. Well, yeah, because everybody else is trying to reach out to them too. Because obviously they see the same things that you see in them. There's something in them that it is an investment that they say they have something or they're where I want to be, so I have to be intentional about reaching out to them. Sometimes I have to put a little bit more in at first for them to say, you know what, this person is serious. Every time I come around them, they always asking me questions. They're always asking to hang out with me. You know what, I need to, and then they'll realize, you know what, maybe I need to put a little bit more investment in this relationship as well because I see the pursuit that they're putting on me. But if there's no pursuit, there's no investment. Why do marriages fall apart? Because there's no pursuit of investment. You don't invest, they feel like there's no pursuit. Same thing with our relationships. Is there a pursuit and investment? Anything that is valuable requires investment. Anything that is valuable requires investments. And I feel like one of the reasons that God puts us in relationships is to teach us how to love more, how to give more, and how to be selfless, more selfless how to love more, how to give more, and how to be more selfless. And these are some major investments that we need to make when it comes to our relationships. The first thing is this, is time. We need to invest time in healthy relationships. You want to have healthy relationships? You have to invest some time. You can't say you want healthy relationships and never spend any time together because there's no growth. There's no, when conflict arises, you'll never know how to resolve the conflict because you don't spend enough time together. But spend enough time with someone, there's going to be some conflict that's going to arise. And then you'll realize, how can we overcome this conflict? And, real, and when there's conflict and you overcome it, you realize, hey, our relationship has grown stronger now. But you put the time in. Another thing of investment that we need when it comes to relationships is transparency. You will never have a healthy relationship that doesn't require you to be transparent. That's to be transparency on both sides. Hey, these are the issues that I'm facing. These are the struggles that I'm having. I just want to be open and honest with you about that. And you say, you know what? At one point in my, I struggle with that too. This is how it would help me overcome. Let's pray and agree with it. And I'm walking with you in this. And when there's transparency, there's growth. And there's growth. The last thing is, an investment is resources. Being cheap never helped anyone have a healthy relationship. Say it again. Being cheap Never helped anyone have a healthy relationship. <laughs> I was admit tomorrow was talking about this the other day. This is before we started. Before we started. Uh, before we started dating, 
we were just friends at the time, and we were, I invited her to lunch for, uh, to talk about our, our uh, small group. We are going to start a small group together, and I invited her to lunch. But in my mind, I'm thinking, this is just lunch. It's not a date. And like, but I don't want her to think this is a date because it's not a date. It's just lunch, and we're talking about our small group. And so I was like, well, I just need to make sure that she knows this is a, that we're having lunch. This is not a date. And so, so I picked a place that I felt like at the time, like all the girls, they like, oh, let's go here. And it's like one of those little girly places that everybody likes. So we went there, and when we went to the line to pay for our food, I paid for mine, but I didn't pay for hers. <laughs> and she was like, looking like, so you, she didn't say this, but I could tell she's like, so you're not going to pay for my food. And like we saw somebody else from the church there, and I was like, we just here talking about the small group. This is not a date. We just here talking, talking about this. And she, later on, after we got together, she told me about that. And she was like, you know, that was my last $20 I had <laughs> when we went out there. And I thought you were going to pay for my food, and you didn't. Being cheap is not a good way to have a healthy relationship. And I took her back to there the next time, and I paid for it. <laughs> when, you, when you were my wife. <laughs> a shared investment <laughs> but it's true if you want to have what does that mean practically what I mean it's like if you're in a relationship with, like with friends take them to like they've been talking about a, a ball game or something take them to the game that they want to see cook them their favorite meal oh I love red beans and rice cook them a pot of red beans I was just thinking about you here go a pot of red beans and rice what you thought about me yeah here you go Here's a pot of red beans and rice. Take them to a place they've always wanted to visit or make a memory doing something exciting. Like just put an investment in there. That, and all these things I'm talking about, they don't talk, take a lot of money. It just says I'm being intentional about the investment in this relationship. I value you. I've been thinking about you. So I want to reciprocate that with my resources to help the investment in this relationship. And that, that's all types of things you could do. That, you know what? You told me you like daisies. Here go some daisies. I saw some daisies on the side of the road. I picked them up for you. I don't know. <laughs> That's a cheap investment. <laughs> but hey, I've been thinking about you. <laughs> I don't know, but just come up. I'm just, just use your, your, your imagination. Just what can I do to enrich or invest in this relationship with my resources that I have? Now, I'm not saying go, go take them to roof, Chris, if that's not in your budget. But if it is, then great. But whatever that you can do within your resources to show that, hey, I'm invested in this relationship, then do it. And that doesn't take a lot of money. Sometimes it just takes a phone call. I was thinking about you. I wanted to reach out and call. You know what? That meant the world to me. I really needed that phone call. This, that really, I can't tell you how many phone calls, just phone calls that I've got that really encouraged me, that shows this person is invested in our relationship just by a simple phone call. There's so many things that you could do to pour in investments. And the reason that, the biggest reason that we need to talk about healthy relationships is this reason right here. Because the enemy is always after you to keep you isolated. He wants to keep you in a place of isolation where you feel like I'm all alone. No one understands what I'm going through. There's no one that I can reach out to and talk to. They will never understand what I, if I explain to them, they, they'll just look at me crazy, they'll think I'm crazy, and he, all he wants to do is push you into isolation, because if he knows he can get you in isolation, he can take you out. If you ever watch those, I like watching Animal Kingdom, like this, I just, like especially with lions on there, it's something about lions, seeing them hunt, this is just amazing. But always the lions, they never get the ones in the middle of the pack. They always get the ones that straggling in the back. Those are the ones that are usually going first. It's the ones that are stra straggling along in the back. Those are the easiest prey. And that's the lot that they take them out. It's always the little baby one. Oh, because it, why? Because it's easy prey. They're isolated. They have no defense. There's nobody around them. That's what the enemy wants to do with you. He's trying to get you isolated from the pack 
so he could say, now I can pounce on you and take you out. This is an easy meal. All I have to do is get you isolated and out of healthy relationships. Healthy relationships will allow you to be in a place of community. And when there's community, there's protection. Enemy, he wants you isolated and away from community and from healthy relationships because he knows if I can get you out, what he can, I can pounce on you. I can fill your fear with all types of fear, all types of doubt, all types of insecurity. And that's when, if you see people going away for a while and then they come back and you're like, they don't sound like themselves. Isolation. They've been, they, I could tell they've been isolated because where they were to where they are now, their thoughts are not where they should be. Isolation. It's easy. As soon as you start talking to them, you can tell, isolation. They're not thinking right. They've been separated from community, and that's the plot and the plan of the enemy. But I want to encourage you today. We can all have healthy relationships. It's not hard. It may take a little work, but it's going to take you to be intentional. You have to be intentional if you want to have healthy relationships. But guess what? It can happen for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. <laughs> healthy relationships. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning, right now, that you've given all of us the desire to have healthy relationships. I pray that we begin to take inventory of the current relationships that we have, and we will begin to realize, are these relationships that I need to hold on to, or there's some relationships that I need to separate from and cut off? And I pray that you would give us the boldness and the strength, Lord God, to make those proper decisions for relationships that we know that these relationships are dragging me down. These relationships are holding me back, and I need to separate them, and I need to explore, and I need to be selective, and I need to be intentional about exploring healthy relationships that's going to challenge me, that's going to encourage me, that's going to strengthen me, that's going to hold me accountable, that we can, we can share ideas and thoughts and laugh together and encourage each other with scripture and with, and with songs. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're giving, in us, giving us these relationships, these healthy relationships. I pray that all of our relationships will prosper. I thank you that our relationships are prospering, Lord God. Lord, I thank you right now for those friends that we talk about, the, the friends in the moment, that when we find friends in the moment, that we'll use it as an opportunity to, to share the gospel, that we'll begin to encourage someone in our faith, even if it's at the, the grocery store or in the doctor's office, wherever it may be, in those moments, we'll begin to share our faith. For sins, for friends for a season, Lord, that when we share together in the common purpose, I pray that that purpose will be fulfilled. And that we could come back together at a later time and look back and say, look what the Lord did through this friendship. Look what the Lord did when we came together as believers for the work of the Lord. We did awesome exploits for the Lord in that season. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for friends for a lifetime. Lord, I thank you for that you've given us friends that we can cherish for a lifetime, that we will make them a priority, that we will not neglect those friendships, but we will continue, Lord God, to water and nourish and, and, and strengthen those relationships that we have for a lifetime. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning. I just want to give one more final invitation, and that's an invitation for anyone that wants to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. We've been talking about healthy relationships, but this is the greatest relationship that you will ever have. And he desires to be in relationship with you so, so bad. And I just want to give you that opportunity this morning. You may be watching online and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. I want to pray with you this morning. So I'm just going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart. I'm just going to pray with you in this moment. I want to ask you to just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wipe away all of my sin. I thank you in this moment that I am forgiven, that my sin has been removed and forgotten. I thank you that right now, I am a new person in you. I thank you that you will fill me with a fresh joy, a fresh peace, and a sense of purpose that I can only find in you. I pray that you will lead and guide every area of my life. I love you, Lord. I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. One more time, let's give another hand clap for those that made a decision to follow Christ. And if you're online and you're watching and you made that decision to follow Christ, there's one or two things we'd like for you to do. You can either uh, drop a comment in the comment, session, comment section. Let us know that what God did in your heart, we'd love to reach out to you and uh, hear from you. And if you're in the, seat, in, uh, in, the, in the seats with us this morning, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, uh, let's connect. On the back, it says, I made the decision. Fill that out, drop it in, and the bucket on offering, and we would love to connect with you as well. But before we dismiss with our online audience, uh, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over the top for you guys if you're prepared to give. There's a couple ways that you could do that. You can go to our app. You can download the app to give. On there, you can go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org, or you can mail in a check or money order uh, for your tithing. We just want to pray for the tithe uh, for you online. Then we'll disconnect and dismiss you guys from online. Lord, I thank you for those that are prepared to give today. I pray, Lord God, that your hand of blessing and protection and provision be on each and every person that's a cheerful giver. I thank you, Lord God, that you would stretch and multiply all of the resources that they have. I thank you right now that they're blessed, Lord God. Every area of their life is blessed. Their families are blessed. Their health is blessed. Their business is blessed. Their finances are blessed. Every area, their relationships are blessed. That blessing upon blessing is bestowed upon them. And I thank you for right now that there's no lack in their homes, that there's no lack, that they're more than enough, Lord God, that they're overcomers in their finances and every area in their life. Strengthen them, Lord God. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. We'd like to invite you out this Wednesday at 630 for prayer, one-hour prayer. We'd love to see you in the building. We'll see you this Wednesday at 630, but if not, be with us in the building next Sunday at 10 a.m. for the conclusion of how you're doing. We love you guys. Have a great, great week. We'll see you this Wednesday. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, you can go ahead and stand on your feet once again, just to reiterate what Pastor Mario said. We do have one hour prayer this Wednesday at 630. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be great. We're going to pray through some of these things that he highlighted today. Hasn't God been good? Don't y'all love him so much?